Well, welcome to Front Range. My name is Ernest Smith. I'm the lead pastor, and we're so grateful you guys are here, whether you're joining us in person or you're watching online. We're grateful to have you. Our hope and prayers that this has become a home for you, a place where you can build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith in Jesus. Now, we'll let you know about a couple things that are happening. Number one, uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30, we're actually closing on our land uh, that we're going to be building on. So, yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys for those who have given and have committed to For the Church for the City. It's because of your faith step that we're able to take this faith step as a church. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, and then as Pastor Johnny just mentioned, we have Christmas this week. Uh, if you didn't know that, uh, you, I don't know where you've been. Uh, so we have five services uh, for Christmas services. The first one is actually on Tuesday. Um, and that's for people who typically go out of town. A lot of you guys go out of town. So we have a service um, if you want to join us for one of our Christmas services. First one is on Tuesday, then one on Friday, and then three on Christmas Eve. Uh, so you want to make sure that you go to Christmas in Castle Rock uh, or visit our table uh, as you're walking back to your car and you can get tickets for that or register online. Uh, the reason why we do that is to know uh, if we need to stop promoting a certain service because it filled up or anything like that. So uh, man, I'd love for you to be a part of that. And as Pastor Johnny said, if you're not serving somewhere already, we'd love for you to help us uh, make this an inviting place for people who are going to check it out for the first time, uh, people who um, maybe uh, have never experienced church before or, or walked into a church. And uh, I've just been hearing so many stories from you guys about people you're inviting uh, and people that are of different faiths and uh, different backgrounds. And man, God's going to do something powerful this Christmas. So make sure you go to Christmas at Castle Rock, get all of your, uh, all your needs there uh, for our Christmas services. Today, uh, we're going to continue a series that we've called Advent. Uh, where we're looking at this like season of longing. That's what Advent means. It means longing. Uh, and so we're looking at what are we longing for in this season? Well, it's four things. The first week we looked at hope. Last week we looked at joy. At Christmas we're going to look at peace. And today we're looking at, at something that all of us want, all of us long, long for, and that is love. What's love got oh, yeah. to do with oh, yeah. it? Anybody sing it? Anybody? No, don't, don't, don't. All right, all right, we're good. What's love got to do? It's got everything to do with it. it love is, has caused wars and love has helped cease fighting. Love has caused people to do crazy, irrational things and heroic deeds. Love has everything to do with it. Our culture has been saturated by love through books and poems and, and songs and ballads. In fact, uh, the, the first love song, the first love ballad was created in the 8th century. Uh, that was written about uh, some medieval Arab slaves in, in Spain. That was the very first one that we can trace it back to. And most scholars would say that, uh, or people would say that there's been over a hundred million songs written about love. And people who have way too much time on their hands that have studied this stuff said that uh, out of all the songs that, that, that have been created, 67% of the lyrics are about love. Love has everything to do with it. Uh, in fact, if you go to, some, to uh, some scientific facts, let me give you some of those. The University of Syracuse did a study and said that falling in love had this, has the same effects on your body as taking cocaine. That's crazy. So her love is truly like a drug. Uh, heartbreak is real. Studies show that when, uh, intense emotional stress that comes from a breakup or divorce or maybe losing someone, it actually weakens your heart. It sends chemicals that weaken your heart that results in like chest pains, uh, make, making it seem like you're having a heart attack. So heartbreak is a real thing. And then you guys can try this later. Uh, if you're in love with someone, go to lunch or something. And it says uh, that scientists have found that when two lovers gaze into each other's eyes, 
their heartbeats synchronize. So try it. I don't know if it works or not. Be awkward seeing you in the restaurant, figuring that part out, but uh, try it if you want to. So what does love have to do with it? Everything. Love has everything to do with it. And when, you, when, when it comes to our faith, especially our Christian faith, uh, you look throughout Scripture, and, and the Bible is really just this, this flow of love all throughout. And in fact, some people would say that, uh, that, that the Bible is God's love letter to you and I. But here's the challenge. The challenge is the way that we use love, we use it for everything. And when you use love for everything, it kind of dilutes its, its power and its importance. Like, think about the things that you say you love. Like, for me, I, I love chocolate milk. Uh, I, I love sweet tea. I love my dog, Winston. Uh, I, I love this church. Uh, I love the Georgia Bulldogs. I love my kids. Uh, I love my wife. You know, I love all these things. <laughs> But when you love all these things, it kind of dilutes it. Like, like I've told you guys many times, I love Yolanda's queso. It's the best queso. It's amazing. I love it. You know what? I've said it before. I also love my mama. She's probably watching right now. Mama, I love you. Right? But if I'm using that word to describe both Yolanda's queso and my mama, something is wrong. Right? Like one I like to spend time on and spend money on. The other one is my mama. You know, so I'm just joking, mom. I'm just joking. Yolanda's case was really good, though. Uh, so what is love? Like, if you're taking notes, write this down. Write this down about love. Love is more than a feeling. Love is more than an action. Love is more than a feeling and is more than an action. In our culture, we're taught that love is a feeling, right? And, and there's some truth to that. I mean, I just told you about the studies that have found that being in love is like it impacts your body like cocaine. I mean, so there obviously is this feeling, but... If all that is, if love is only a feeling, then it's true, you can fall out of love. And you've heard people say that, well, we just fell out of love. Well, when did that happen? When do you just fall out of love? Like there's been times where uh, Sarah and I have woken up and we didn't feel like we were in love, right? Like maybe it was because of our breath, you know, was stinky or, or maybe we had, you know, uh, a conflict the night before. Maybe we just didn't sleep or whatever, but we weren't like, I'm in love, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. Movie? Anybody? Thank you. The last service was like, I was like, oh my God, I can't hate y'all. Um, so I love y'all. Um, I'm just joking. I don't hate them that much. Um, so like, we don't wake up every day. Like I, would, I wish that Sarah and I were like, oh, we just love each other all the time. But we're not. It's not always a feeling. And so if you don't feel it, do you stop loving that person? No. Why? Because love is not just a feeling. It's also not just an action. I mean, you can't just do things for people expecting them to feel loved by you. I had a family member that that's what they did, that uh, growing up, they would just buy us great gifts, like really, really cool things. Anything that we asked for, we got from this person. Now that person wasn't really around. And when they were, they weren't the nicest person, but they bought us amazing gifts. Did we feel loved? No, because love's not just a feeling and it's not just action. What is love? It is a feeling. It is action. It's also a commitment. It's you saying, I'm going to be committed to this thing. I'm going to be committed to this individual. It's also, and this is harder to describe, it's like it's something deep down that compels you. It compels you to respond. It compels you to act. It compels you to speak. Like when you look in Scripture, it's very clear that there's a massive difference between God's love for you and I and the love that he expects from us to one another and then the love that culture teaches us about. 
Like, there's a massive difference between like God's love for us and what he expects of us and our love and what culture teaches us about love. I mean, it's very, very different. What has love got to do with it? It's everything. It's more than a feeling. It's more than an action. It's a commitment, and it's something that compels us. Like when Sarah and I, when we first started dating, uh, we wanted our relationship to be different. I wanted to be uh, different in our relationship. I had had uh, a few girls up until that point that I had said, I love you too. And it was uh, really just out of um, uh, other motives or, you know, feelings or whatever. But with Sarah, like I, I wanted me saying, I love you to be different to her. So when we started dating, I'm like, okay, uh, obviously, like, I feel compelled to say I I love you. Like, the feelings were there. She's attractive. She's smart. She's the funniest person that I know. She's incredibly kind. Like, I can go on and on. So, like, the feelings were there. So that, that, that was easy. But it was like, but is that love? Is that what true love is? And so I started asking that question. Well, what is love? If I'm gonna say I love you to someone I wanna spend the rest of my life with, what does love actually mean? And so I was directed to this passage in 1 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, if you don't know where it is, it's going to be up on the screen. Uh, but uh, this passage was written by a guy named Paul. And I would say this, this is probably the most used passage in a marriage ceremony. Uh, for some of you, when you got married, if you use scripture, you pro- the majority of you probably use this passage. But it is not a marriage passage. It is a passage about love. Here's what it says, 1 Corinthians 13. It says, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. He's saying, man, I could do all these great things. I could be known for so much. I could have the power and the prestige and all that. People can be like, wow, this person is really giving and they're generous and they're, they're amazing at what they do and all of that. But if I, if I don't have love, it's all for naught. I am nothing. I have nothing. I can give nothing. Verse four, so what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So this is what love is. I mean, it says it right there, that love is patient and it's kind. It's not self-seeking. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It, it is always, it always trusts. It always perseveres. So as I'm looking at my relationship with Sarah, I'm like, I can't say I love you until I can say that I'm, I'm living this out with you. And so a little over a year later, uh, I remember where we were. I remember the, the situation and everything. I remember thinking, finally, like, I, I feel like I'm in a good place. I'm not perfect. And she's in this service. You can ask her, is he perfect? She'd be like, no, he's far from perfect. I'm not perfect at living this out. But I finally got to a place where I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job and that I can say these things about my love for her. And so I said, I love you, baby. I didn't say it like that at all, but I did finally say it and because I... I was finally at a place where I realized it wasn't just a feeling. I had the feeling for her. It wasn't just an action. I had done things to show her that I care, but it was a commitment. It was this deeper thing that was compelling me to do so much more. 
But let's just be real honest. Loving people, doesn't matter if it's your spouse or your kids or your best friend or your neighbors or your coworkers, your boss, loving people, truly loving people is really, really hard. Would you agree with me on that? Like it's really challenging to love people well. In fact, I would say it this way. I would say it's impossible to love people like this. To love the love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it keeps no record of wrongs. To really love this way, it's impossible to do it without the second truth, and that's understanding that true love is found in a person. Without understanding that true love is found in a person, without understanding that and then receiving that in your life, it's impossible to love other people well. I love this passage in uh, 1 John chapter 4. Uh, Verse 7, it says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love, which means God gets to define what love is. He gets to define how that's lived out, how that's portrayed to other people. Like God gets that opportunity. He gets that. He has that power because God is love. Love. So how did God display his love to us? Look at verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God loved you and I so much that he responded, that he chose to die on the cross for us. That he chose to show us that he didn't just care about us, but he loved us so deeply, he compelled him to do something about our situation. What was our situation? We were lost and broken in our sin. All of us sin. The Bible says that everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard. So unless you're perfect, you've sinned, which is all of us in here. But that sin separates us from God. And when we're separated from God, we have no way of getting back with him. Like, there's no chance of you and I going, man, if I just do enough good things, if I say enough of the right things, if I go to church enough or anything like that, like, there's no way that gets you back into a relationship with God. The only way you get back into a relationship with God is through Jesus. It's through what Christ did for us. So God's love, his desire to be with you and I compelled him to do something about our situation. What did he do? He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And I wonder this Christmas season, I mean, that's what we celebrate at Christmas, right? I mean, the lights and, and, and the presents and all that's awesome. We all love that. It brings happiness and, 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 and people seem to be a little bit kinder this time of year and all of that. But the whole reason we celebrate this time of year, and we all know this, is because of God's great love. Because he sent Jesus into the world. And I wonder this holiday season, this Christmas season, what are you needing? And specifically, as it pertains to this subject of love, what do you need? When it comes to this topic of true, eternal, complete love, what do you need? For some of us, we find ourselves in a place where we can admit, man, I'm, I'm broken. Maybe it's because of your sin. Maybe it's because of your mental health. Maybe it's because of how people have treated you or responded to you, maybe people have left you, and I want you to know that Jesus came in our brokenness. 
Like he didn't say, hey, go, go get cleaned up first. Like go get right with, with God first. He came in the midst of our brokenness. Like he doesn't expect you to become perfect for you to be able to receive his love. He just says, come as you are. Not only did he come in our brokenness, but he died for our brokenness. Like he died for your sins, to pay for the sins that you and I have all committed. And the, the penalty ultimately is death. It's separation from God. And Jesus came and paid that so that you and I can live forever. Now that's what we celebrate this time and at Easter, that God loved you and I so much that even in our brokenness, he died for our brokenness. And then for some of us, we've, we've received that. Like we've given our lives to Christ. Some of us haven't. That's kind of where we're at today, where God's saying, why don't you come home? Why don't you receive what Christ has done for you? But some of us, we have received that. We've given our lives to Christ, and things are still very messy. And maybe you feel real alone. Maybe you're entering this Christmas season wondering where God is in the midst of it all. Jesus came not only in our brokenness, he not only died for our brokenness, but he'll never leave you in spite of your brokenness. He'll never leave you in spite of your brokenness. Even when others will, even when others have, the Bible says that God will never leave you or forsake you, ever. It's a promise. And he's always made good on his promises. He'll never leave you or forsake you. No matter what you're dealing with right now, no matter what sin seems to, to, to be holding you down uh, and, and you can't break free of, no matter what mental health issues or challenges you've got going on, no matter who's left you recently, no matter who's passed away, no matter what, it, God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you because his love is so much greater. It's a love that you, you can't get from a sappy movie you know, or from love songs or from anything else culture tells you. It's a love that can only be experienced in a person. And that person is Jesus. So then when you and I then receive the love that God offers us, now we're able to love others. It's only then we're able to display that love. I love uh, verses 11 and 12, and we'll close with this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. He says it right here that like no one's ever seen God, but how do they see you through, how do they see him through your love for others? And here's, here's what I believe and man, I hate like rehashing things, but I think in the last like two years, like the church, the big C church has done a very poor job loving others well. And if this passage is true, that no one has seen God, but when you display the love of God to others, then they can sense him, they see his love then at that point. And if we've done a poor job of loving others over the last couple of years, there's a whole world that's deficient of seeing God and his love. We've allowed politics and, you know, people being right and things being right and COVID and just all the nonsense, man, to get in the way. And I look at scripture and I see that the Bible says that, that yet while we were still sinners, while we were in our brokenness, Christ died for us. And it's that very brokenness, that very sin in our lives and the sins of others that prohibit us from loving people well. 
and that shouldn't be. Like if our sin didn't prohibit God from loving us well, then your sin shouldn't prohibit me from loving you well. Somebody else's sin shouldn't prohibit you from loving them well. And so I thought, and for, for this message, like, let's go back to the basics. Like once you receive the love of Christ, then you're called to then love others. Let's, let's go back to that. Like it's really, really simple. And so here's what we've done. We've put one of these uh, love and action cards on every seat. Um, if you're like, I don't know where it is, you're sitting on it. Uh, so go ahead, and, go ahead and take that out real quick. And here's, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. It just says love and action on the inside. is like, yo, what just happened? Well, somebody just did something for you to show you love because they've received the greatest love of all time in Christ. And that's it. That's like, it's super simple. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take this challenge with me, and I'm going to do it this week. But this week, you have one in your hand. If you want more, there's more in the back where the communion stations are. You have one in your hand right now. Do something this week to show someone else the love of God. And then give them this card. What does that look like? Super practical. Like when you're going to Starbucks or Chick-fil-A or some other drive-thru, like buy the person's meal behind you. It's really that simple. If you let me know what time you're going, I'll make sure I get behind you. Just buy their meal. I've done this before and it's like, sometimes it's like $4. One time, it was a lot of money. I literally turned back like, what the junk? Who was that person? Must have been buying it for an office, but. And then you just give this to the cashier and say, will you give this to the person behind me? It's really that simple. Like, don't just do the act, but give them this. Why? Because this connects it to the gospel. This connects it to God's love. So whether it's doing something like that, or maybe it's doing something for a coworker, maybe it's doing something for a neighbor. Uh, my, my daughter came to Jingle Jam, and uh, I didn't get to go because I had just had surgery, and, uh, and she came, and they, she got like a little, a little bag, and it had like cookie mix in it or something like that. And every day she's like, okay, can we make it now and give it to the neighbors? I'm like, calm down, we will. We're going to make some cookies. We'll give them to one of our neighbors, and we'll put this with it. And I don't know how the person's going to respond. They may go, whatever, I don't want this. Or they may show up at church one day. Or not. It doesn't matter to me. Because it's not about how they're going to respond. It's about what I'm called to do. So will you join me this week? Just one. Just one. If you're like, man, I'm, I'm a stud at this. There's a bunch more cards in the back. You can grab like 30. Do it as many times as you want. But I'm asking at least once this week. What if we did that? What if we displayed God's love and it connected it to the gospel so that people knew it wasn't just a good thing? Because a lot of people are doing good things this time of year. Let's connect it to the reason why we do good things. The reason why we love is because he first loved us. Another way to show love is to take this invite card that's on every other seat and, and invite somebody. I was talking with a guy after last service and he was telling me about this restaurant that he goes to. And when he goes, he's gotten to become friends with one of the waitresses. And so he asks, they, his, him and his family asked to sit in her spot. And so this week he said, hey, would you be interested in coming to church? And she's going to come on Tuesday at our first Christmas service. And this person's story, he told me her story. I'm like, she would have never stepped in church without this guy loving her well. 
I got a buddy in my life that we've been hanging out a bunch lately and having great conversations about life and faith and purpose and all of that. And so I'm going to be inviting him this week. Why? Because I love him. And I believe the greatest thing that could happen in his life is for him to come to know Jesus. And so why wouldn't I invite him? So take this and invite somebody that's in your life or leave it somewhere. Go out to eat and leave it with a good tip. Make sure it's a good tip for your waitress. Leave it there. And just let God do what he wants to do. We're, we're sending out mailers, so they're going to, some of you guys have yard signs up. So people are seeing, yo, there's this Christmas thing going on in Castle Rock. People know your invite may be the very thing that transforms and changes their eternity. Will you love people enough this week to show them that love? Maybe to invite them to a service. Here's what I know, that if we love people well, if we love people like God loves us, if we first receive his love and then we love people well, like that passage talks about, then people's lives will be changed. Some people who've never experienced the love of God before will experience it. Some people who are down in the dumps right now that are struggling in life right now will experience this love that they didn't think was possible. And I know that our lives will be changed as well. So as we're longing for love this year, may we receive it in Christ and may we give it to others. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and I thank you so much, God, for your word. I thank you for calling us out for challenging us to love well. But God, you didn't just challenge us to do that. You didn't just call us to do that, command us to do that, but God, you first displayed it. Your love for us compelled you to sacrifice everything for us. And Father, I know some of us in here that if we're to be real honest, we'd say, you know what, that's kind of where I'm at, Ernest. Like, walking into this place, just feeling far from the Lord. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you did a long time ago, but God's saying, come home today. What does that mean? It just means receiving what Jesus has done on the cross for you. He died for your sins, but he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead to show his power over death, over sin, to set us free, to give us new life. And so if that's you, if you say, man, that's where I'm at, I need to receive God's love today. With every head bowed, eyes closed, if that's you, just just want you to raise a hand. I want to know who to pray for. I'm not going to call you for it. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for each one of these individuals that is bold enough and brave enough to say, yeah, that's, that's me. That's where I'm at right now. If you're watching online, you can simply text the word follow to the number on the screen. And I just want you to know that God sees you. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. And as you receive that today, our prayer is that you may may still have questions, may still have some doubts, and all that's okay. As a church, we're going to walk with you. But may you experience his presence like never before. And God, for all of us, tell us what our next step is. God, help us to love others well. God, help us to display the love that we've received from you. Help us to display that before others. And may you be given the credit and the glory. In Jesus' name.